1: This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simoglobal.com to learn more, because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords. You're listening to The Awesomers Podcast.
0: Hey everybody, Steve Simonson, and I'm coming back to you again with another episode of The Awesomers.com podcast series. And this is episode number 96, as it turns out. Episode 96. I'm looking at my screen. If you're listening to the audio, you can't see me looking, but you'll have to take my word for it. Uh, so the tradition is very clear by this point for anybody who's an avid listener. Just go to awesomers.com slash 96, and you'll find today's show notes and relevant details, uh, maybe even a link to the book that I'm reviewing this week. So t- this is a uh, book of the week review. And as I've said before, I'll probably say it uh, again. We don't always get to a book every single week, every seven days. Uh, Although I do try to read books uh, pretty much every week, we just don't have time to put together and produce an episode for you. And in this case, I haven't even done any kind of formal visual presentation uh, because this book is, again, a a very easy read. It's called The One Hour China Book, and this is the 2017 edition. But I, I, I call people's attention to what's happening with the global economy and the You know they call it a trade war, but I think it's more of a a trade skirmish or or a trade kerfuffle. Uh, You guys can look that up. Uh, Those are ranking, uh, ranking ranking-wise, far less serious than a trade war. Uh, A trade kerfuffle is when uh, you know China wants something and the U.S. wants something, and they both just throw fits about it. Now it's having a real impact, right? There are uh, many importers I know and very sophisticated, very large importers that are having. 10% 10% tariffs, 20% tariffs, even 25% tariffs happening starting in January, and others with anti-dumping duties of 40 50 60 70%. One anti-dumping uh, regimen I know about is 400%. So, um, again, the book, One Hour China Book, gives some of the meta reasons why China is the way it is. Now, I'd like to reflect just for a moment that I'm – Uh, I'm pretty easy going when it comes to, you know, different societies and different rules. Like when in Rome, do as the Romans do, right? So when in Beijing, do as the Beijingians do. I'm not sure what Beijingians, uh, uh, if that's a real word or not. But the point is, every country can have their own rules and every country can try to negotiate for their own best interests. That's life. That's the way it should be. Uh, At this moment, uh, the United States position is that they're, being unfairly treated, and they're trying to reconcile those differences of opinion. And they've just done that with the NAFTA partners, Canada and uh, Mexico, and they are doing it with European partners as well. And let's not forget that trade is essential for the world to go around. Everybody knows that. And you can't take the world's biggest economy that's the biggest consumer of everything. uh, All right, so maybe not everything, but most things, maybe chopsticks, China's going to beat the United States in total number of chopsticks used or things like that. But of of the biggest, highest value consumables and consumer type of items and even industrial type things, the U.S. is still the place to be. So if you're not trading there, you're missing out on an opportunity. Now, thus far, it's been a tit-for-tat battle on the tariff. The U.S. says we're going to pass this group of tariffs. China matches it. The U.S. says we're doing another batch. China matches it. Well, they're at the point now, China doesn't buy enough to match the tariffs. And again, these tariffs hurt on both sides. There are people not buying soybeans and not buying certain um, uh, things from the United States that they may otherwise have purchased, apples or um, red cherries or things like that, that the US is really good at exporting. And China is trying desperately to replace some of those things just to punish the United States. Now, the United States um, also uh, enforcing some pain. There's plenty of people who are now saying, hey, should I be looking at other places? And I can tell you personally that I've started to look at India for some alternatives. Because if we could source some very high-quality items from India, Malaysia, Vietnam, um, Cambodia, wherever another viable resource is, and that same high-quality item could be received and and become systemic and and high-quality and so on well, we may have a 25% advantage uh, compared to our competition as of January 1st, 2019. That's significant. So I'm not the only one who's doing this. Um, And and by the way, for larger industrial stuff, we've started moving that, um, or I would say high volume stuff, we've started moving to other countries proactively well over a year ago, knowing that this sort of thing was coming. So I've talked a lot about tariffs, but I want to reinforce why I'm talking about the one hour China book. And this is going to be relatively short because a book, this book in particular should only take you one hour to read. It's a fairly thin book, but it goes through six meta um, factors that make China what it is today. And it kind of helps explain some of the the growth in the history. So one of the first mega trends um, that the book calls out is what they call urbanization. Right? And this happened also during the Industrial Revolution in the United States and the Western world. People moved to cities and industrialized those cities. And that urbanization and the, the housing built around those industrial cities started to create uh, a whole new economy of its own. And that urbanization was the, the foundation of where some of the China growth has come from. The next thing they go into the book is the manufacturing scale. China committed early and often to massive manufacturing capabilities They did a lot of subsidies for the manufacturers. So manufacturers, for example, would get export credits. Uh, And that that mostly went away over the past 10 years. But those are likely to start coming back to help offset tariffs and help let Chinese factories win the business. Now, the WTO and the U.S. and plenty of guys will will kind of fight that. But I suspect the government, even if it's uh, in the shadows, will start saying, hey, we want to keep you in business. So if you're losing a customer, we're going to give you a 10% export rebate to offset that 10% tariff or at least offset part of it. Uh, So don't be surprised by that. So the manufacturing scale is unprecedented when it comes to China. And uh, that's, that's the main reason why China still remains a viable competitor versus some of these other emerging third world countries like Vietnam or India or wherever. They don't have the infrastructure. They don't have the the uh, organized corruption (laughs) that China has. And I say that uh, delicately, but let's not kid ourselves. The way things work in China, and all third world countries, by the way, this is not exclusive to China, is somebody's getting paid to make something happen. Um, It doesn't happen in every case. And I think China's done a lot to try to to, uh, iron out the wrinkles of graft that are happening, but they have a very organized system about it. They know which guy is getting paid by this, you know, who's paying the governor, who's paying the, the minister, who's paying this guy, who's paying that guy, who's paying the guy to get the containers. It's all sorted out. Everybody knows who's getting paid and it's just part of the deal. And I remember sitting at a dinner, um, uh, some years ago and the, the governor of a, this particular province was coming in and I asked the, the guys at the table, I'm like, uh, yeah, it's a nice guy, he toasted everybody and, you know, showed respect to the foreign visitors. Um, but I noticed he's doing that to all the rooms. Uh, you know, what does the governor make? You know, what what's his salary? And they're like, well, you know, he's probably making around 36,000 uh, US American dollars per year. But as as manufacturers, that would be embarrassing if we let him, you know, try to live on that paltry sum. So, you know, all the, all the manufacturers, all the businesses in this area, we make sure that the red envelopes are filled up and we make sure that, you know, he comes out okay. And they implied that, you know, that, that particular type of position would warrant a couple million dollars worth of collections from the, the local businesses and, and folks that are in the area. So my point is, it happens there. Um, even if they're trying to stamp it out, it's still more organized and more predictable than it is in other countries, uh, including India or Mexico or any of these other places. And I can tell you some horror stories about trying to get stuff imported into Mexico or the Philippines and being shaken down by customs officers in naked and aggressive and absolutely illegal ways, but there's nothing we could do about it. Uh, we'll talk more, more about that maybe in another episode. So manufacturing scale is another uh, big part of the equation where you know, from urbanization to manufacturing scale, uh, they get into it. I'm going to talk about the, the other four, uh, but we're going to take a quick break right after this. I'm going to get right back to it.
1: Hey, Amazon Marketplace professionals, congratulations on your success to date. Your creativity, strategic vision, problem-solving, and discipline have allowed you to build your own e-commerce business. Wouldn't it be great if you had more time to focus on the things that truly drive the sales and growth of your company? Instead of getting lost in a dozen different services and countless spreadsheets, what if there was one system that connected to your Amazon account and automatically gave you the information that you needed to make great decisions and really impact your business? Persimony ERP can do that. Parsimony is the business operating system for your marketplace business. With Parsimony, you get true double entry bookkeeping, easy financial statements, full customer service tools, and item-by-item profitability, along with project and task management, and more features are being added all the time. Learn more at parsimony.com. That's parsimony,
0: P-A-R-S-I-M-O-N-Y.com. Parsimony.com. We've got
1: that. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast.
0: Okay, we're back again, everybody, and I'm talking about the One Hour China book. This is going to be a simple read for you, and this is especially important if you want to understand the, the six uh, kind of mega trends that are impacting China. I've already covered two of those trends. One is urbanization and one is manufacturing scale, uh, but the other trends uh, to keep an eye on are the rising Chinese consumer. So what does this mean? Obviously, there's a lot of Chinese consumers, but the point is their, their income is rising. And what this means to you is they become competitors to export uh, products. So I'll give you an example. Some years ago, we were trying to hold this uh, factory to, you know, hey, we need this uh, rigid uh, quality. We need this uh, low price. And that's kind of the U.S. formula. We need low price because we have the uh, great volume, and we want high quality because we want no problems. And the way Chinese manufacturers think is they're like, we want – you know, no problems. We we want to give no warranties, no assistance when it comes to warranties. Uh, you know, I call it a taillight warranty. When you can't see the taillights, you can forget it. And they also want to get more money. And at one point, the factory kind of looked at us as, as we were kind of negotiating. They're like, you know what? Uh, we'll pass. We don't need the business. And we're like, yeah, fair enough. We can go find other manufacturers. We were surprised. But, you know, why are you passing? And they're like, our US, or our, yeah, our U.S. export business is not the most profitable part of our business anymore. It's selling to the domestic Chinese market. So they were able to sell and get money faster, more of the money, right? So they sell at a higher margin, a higher price, and they get no warranties. And so that's a hard thing to compete with. If you're trying to get them to export at a low price, even if it's high volume, they're like, yeah, I can get paid more faster and have no problems. By selling to Chinese consumers, so the rise of Chinese consumerism is a very, very important part of this mega trend that they call down in the book. Uh, the other thing is what they call out is money and lots of it, right? China has lots and lots of money because of all their their import export surpluses, particularly the United States. They have billions and billions and billions of dollars of excess kind of money that was produced from outside the country and brought in. This means they're they're their market expands the capital expansion that happens gives them access to tons of money Now, no doubt there's things happening off the balance sheet you know I, I wouldn't doubt in the next couple of years if somebody says, hey uh, China's got you know billions, maybe trillions uh, off the books and has a bunch of debt and is really not managed as well as it appears but today it appears that they've managed it pretty well and they've sunk a bunch of it in infrastructure and to continue to maintain that scale. Remember that part of the the vision of the current Chinese regime is to to be made in China everywhere, on everything. And I want to be clear about that, everywhere. The United States is big, but the rest of the world is bigger. And they're perfectly willing and have shown ample I don't know, incentive or motivation to go anywhere in the world and make China the number one trading partner. So they're very, very good at it. So money is the, the fourth of the mega trends. Uh, the other thing is the brain power behemoth, as it's called in the book. China is producing students at a very, very high education level and, and pretty high motivation level as well at an unprecedented pace. They have absolutely extraordinary brain power and it's being deployed all across china in significant ways this is no longer uh, as it was you know 20 30 40 years ago uh, an agricultural place that had no real agricultural production you know had no you know we had, in the united states we've had agriculture for you know so many years but we've had tractors and we've had you know big industrial production on these farms so they could produce massive amounts In china even today but less so today there's a lot of just farmers walking around with a water buffalo plowing fields and spraying the, you know, whatever they're spraying on there, uh, all by themselves as as solo farmers. That does not happen really in the United States uh, anymore. So the, the the that shift from urbanization has also shifted to the the brain power behemoth as it's called in the book, and I think that's an important point to to remember that you know within this book they talk about the six mega trends. And your opportunity to understand these trends, I think, will give you better insights in how China operates. And it doesn't really matter how this current uh, tariff kerfuffle goes. If, if this trade, or I, I suppose it's a trade kerfuffle technically, if this uh, continues to drag on for a long time, you're still going to want to know about China. If it goes away in the short time, you definitely want to know about China to make sure that you're in the best position that you could be. Uh, so we're going to take another quick break. Then I'm going to wrap it up and tell you the final uh, mega trend that you need to look out for in China, and this is a big one. We'll be right back after this. Empowery,
1: the name says it all. Connecting e-commerce entrepreneurs with great people, ideas, systems, and the services needed to stay business dynamic and to grow. Empowery is a network, a cooperative venture of tools and resources to make you better at what you do. Because we love what you do, we are you. Visit Empowery.com to learn more. You're listening to The Awesomers Podcast.
0: Okay, we're back again, everybody. Steve Simonson talking about uh, the book, the One Hour China book. And uh, it's, it literally should only take you about an hour to read. It's a very fast read, but it talks about six important megatrends. And if you trade with China, if you want to know about China, or you just want to understand the political landscape uh, between China and the rest of the world, this is a book that you should read. Uh, I've already covered five of these megatrends. Uh, to cover them quickly urbanization, uh, manufacturing scale, rising Chinese consumers, uh, money, and lots of it, and then the brain power behemoth. That's point number five. All of these things are undoubtedly driving the core economic expansion in China and has a lot to do with China, China's position when it comes to expanding the military, expanding their reach across the, the globe with the um, the belt and What's it called? The Belt and Road uh, Initiative. Essentially, you know, China's putting in transportation systems, like they can now carry trains all the way to Germany within like five, six days from China. Instead of running big shipping containers that cost more and you know, pollute and take longer, uh, they just put it on a train and go. And this expansion of the belt and road system, I think they call it. Uh, will happen all over the United States. And they're even looking at, you know, how can they do rail, you know, some way, you know, over, you know, through Russia, through Alaska, you know, with tunnels or otherwise. it's They're really trying to break all barriers to make goods move. And I think that's good for the world, not just China, by the way. So the last mega trend that I promised, number six, is the Chinese internet. Now, this may be a simplification of a concept, right? Everybody goes, yeah, well, the internet, it's huge, whatever, big, you know, not a shocking revelation, but I think what people don't really understand is the extent that the internet is used in China. You know, WeChat is ubiquitous on every device over there, and people go, "Oh, who cares? Somebody's chatting in China." But WeChat does way more than that. It it manages the you know the DDS. It it you can actually um, coordinate on WeChat and reserve a table and have the food. When you arrive, you just scan a barcode on the table, the food shows up, you don't talk to anybody, you don't pay for anything, because it's all done through WeChat and you disappear. It can do so many things. It's, it's like a mega app in itself. It does you know, about 20 of the main functions that we use other apps to do. So WeChat, ubiquitous, and is really driving a lot of what's happening. And there are other sites, um, Taobao and Tmall and so forth, that are driving consumerism. People are buying stuff on China, uh, the Chinese internet, like crazy. Um, and because they have more people in China, they have more mobile purchases. They have more total purchases. Although today, the gross merchandise value is still below the U.S., they will pass the U.S. in the next couple of years. So all of these things kind of work together. The urbanization, now they deliver anything to your house. And I do mean anything. You, wanna, you can order a fridge and have it delivered cash-on delivery in China through the internet there. The rising Chinese consumers, they have more discretionary income. That's driving it. Obviously, the the local manufacturing scale helps. Now, I will say that China, being a face culture, they still like to have exports in from other countries, but no doubt, they still are happy to have uh, Chinese-made goods for the most part. And there's a certain amount of nationalism and pride, especially during this trade turmoil. Uh, Then, of course, there's the brain power They're bringing talent uh, right to their own shores. They're keeping it in-house. And then finally, the internet is what puts that whole thing together. It's like the glue that sticks it together. Um, I really do think this book is a quick read. It's an important read. And, you know, you'll see some of the people on the, the, um, the back that are, you know, offering some of the, the endorsements or whatever. But, you know, uh, Dick Gephardt, you know, was a, with the U.S. House of Representatives says, a quick and fascinating book to give readers... Who know little or nothing about doing business in China? Everything they need to know, uh, and what everything they need to know or remember about how to succeed in business in China. One hour will with this book will make you an expert on business in China. Now, <laughs> sounds like a typical politician uh, uh, going right for the hyperbole. I don't know that this is everything you need to know, and I don't know that this will make you an expert, but it will make you a lot smarter and more armed to do business in China. And uh, it only takes an hour. So uh, I've, I've run out longer, as I tend to do, than I anticipated, but I hope you check it out. Uh, again, this has been episode number 96 of the Awesomers.com podcast series. And uh, gosh, we sure hope you get out there and leave us a review. And uh, better yet, subscribe and get some of your friends to subscribe. Uh, when we're climbing on the charts, that makes us have a nice little warm, happy feeling. So get that done for us too, if you will. And uh, we'll see you guys next time catalyst 88
1: was developed to help entrepreneurs achieve their short and long-term goals in e-commerce markets by utilizing the power of shared entrepreneurial wisdom entrepreneurship is nothing if not lessons to be learned learn from others learn from us i guarantee that we will learn from you visit catalyst 88.com because your success is
0: our success a giddy up well we've done it again everybody We have another episode of the Awesomers podcast, ready for the world. Thank you for joining us and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today. Now's a good time to take a moment to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Heck, you could even leave a a review if you wanted. Awesomers around you will appreciate your help. It's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals. Our success is literally in your hands. Thank you again for joining us. We are at your service. Find out more about me, Steve Simonson, our guest team, and all the other Awesomers involved at awesomers.com. Thank you again.